welcome to Advocacy for Inclusion Staying Connected podcast series. Last year, we presented a podcast series on supported decision-making. That was about building the important skills we need to support other people when they are making decisions. 2019 feels like a million years ago now. Since then, we've had bushfires everywhere, and then the relief of rain. Now, we together face the challenge of COVID-19, or the coronavirus. In our Staying Connected podcast, we'll find our way through these challenging times together. To stop the spread of COVID-19, there's been one clear message. Stay home. In our last podcast, we talked about some of the simple steps we can take to maintain good mental health while we stay at home. At Advocacy for Inclusion, we know that even by using some of these strategies we talk about in our last podcast, having a regular routine, being kind to yourself, and seeking some personal space when we need it, isn't always possible. Today we will talk about how the people in our home environment the people we live with or or that care for us, can impact the way we feel and how to get support if you do not feel safe. We all have different living situations. Some of us may live in a share house with many people, some of which you may know well, some you may not. Some of us may live in group homes with people we did not choose to live with. Some of us may live alone, but with support. And some of us may live with our friends and families. In all these living situations, when we're in close quarters, tensions can rise, and it's important to know what to do to feel safe. In today's podcast, we're talking to Sonia Demeza, CEO of the Domestic Violence Crisis Service. Welcome, Sonia. Thanks, Carla. Tell us a little bit about DVCS and how you're operating during COVID-19. Okay. Well, ALS organization provides supports to people who are facing family and domestic violence and with this COVID-19 situation we've uh, really had to adjust some of our operations but I can tell you that we are definitely continuing our work. Um, we are open for, for business for, for anyone to reach out and to, to ask for supports or help. Um, we're doing a lot of telephone work remotely from home um, and we are doing some face-to-face -face contacts so the work pretty much continues as it always has. That's good to hear. Mm. Um, so when we talk about domestic violence most people talk about physical violence but what are some other um, sorts of domestic violence that can happen? Physical violence is obviously one that comes to mind but there are so many other types of violence so there can be Social isolation um, can be a type of abuse, keeping someone um, separate from someone else intentionally, not related to COVID-19. Um, financial abuse, manipulating how someone spends their funds that they have a right to use. There can be emotional or psych psychological abuse, such as gaslighting or being verbally abusive or making someone feel afraid. Um, there could be in the disability space, depriving someone of the medications 
or supports that they might need to be able to be mobile, to be able to get around, that can be another kind of abuse. So there are many types, different types of abuse that we need to be aware of. Okay, so let's say someone's listening to this podcast and we have these isolation methods in place and we're all home together um, almost 24-7 and they might not feel very safe. What would you say to that person listening right now? I would say that um, we are here for you, that the supports continue and that if at all possible and if it's safe to do so to reach out, so that we can support you. Okay. And maybe if someone like a friend or a neighbour or a service provider listening to this podcast suspects someone uh, might be in a domestic violence situation, what can they do to help? Um, I think it's very important to stay connected um, with the person who might be experiencing family and domestic violence, to check in on them. to ask the person if it's safe to do so, and obviously not in front of a person who might be using violence, but to ask them how they're going, how they're travelling, if there's anything that's concerning them. If the person tells them about that they are being subjected to violence, to ask their permission if they, they want um, if they want assistance to be able to reach out to our organisation. Thank you. Um, so... As you know, we focus uh, on people with a disability and advocating for people with a disability. What do we know about the experience of domestic violence for people with a disability compared to other sections of the community? I think when a person has a disability, it can really exacerbate or compound their particular vulnerabilities when they're trying to um, deal or work through a family domestic violence situation. Um, If it's a physical disability, it can make it even more problematic for that person to get away from the violence, um, so they become even more vulnerable. Um, There could be um, disabilities that impact on a person's ability to verbally communicate what they're going through, and that can really make it even more difficult to get the supports that they might need. So there's some of the issues that people with disability might be facing. Mm. And often in these situations, um, people may rely on someone else in their household to communicate for them. Is there any um, assistance that can be given to people that may um, be in a situation where they're relying on someone else to communicate for them to, to get out of a potentially dangerous situation? Well, I think it's really important to ensure in this COVID-19 situation, we have a lot of isolation from each other to stay safe from the virus. And that can really create dangers in and of itself. So it's really important to stay connected with people, even if it's like on the telephone or via the internet. So those communications need to be there. And If someone has a care worker, for example, who comes into um, a house to support a person with disability, and if there's an opportunity, reaching out perhaps to that uh, support worker and and telling them what their concerns are and asking them for help so that they can get in contact with an organisation such as ourselves who can assist. 
Um, and also housing is a major issue in the ACT, especially accessible accommodation. What can DVCS do uh, to support people who are escaping domestic or family violence um, to have an accessible um, accommodation once they leave? Well, we can assist people um, who might be facing violence to be able to access emergency accommodation. For more long-term accommodations, it's really important to, it, it can be a complicated process and you would need some kind of long-term support, for, for example, advocacy. And in that arena, to get long-term accessible advocacy and to be able to articulate what those needs might be, I would recommend in that situation to access an organisation like yourselves, Advocacy for Inclusion, or the ACT Disability Aged and Carers Advocacy Service, also known as ADACAS. So a disability advocate can really help with that long-term um, accommodation assistance. All right, and you're a new CEO, um, which is really exciting. How would you like to see your organisation grow and develop over this time in the next few years um, and the ways the service can build a greater connection and response to the needs of people with disability? Well, it's been so challenging starting off this role and then this pandemic just hit us. So I guess um, my initial plans is to really consolidate all these learnings that we've obtained from how to work remotely and how to continue working in even the most challenging situations. So that's kind of a short-term goal. But I guess reaching out with organisations such as yourselves and other organisations in the disability sector will be really crucial to ensure that um, support services in the domestic and family violence space can be um, offered to people with disabilities. So that will be very much um, something I'd like to focus on to see how we can collaborate even more in the future. Um, those collaborations have been happening, um, but just to strengthen it even more. Great, thank you. Thank you. That was CEO of DVCS, Sonia Demeza. You can contact DVCS at any time on Zero two six two eight zero zero nine zero zero. You can also contact the National Sexual Assault and Domestic Abuse Counselling Service one eight hundred respect anytime on one eight hundred seven three seven seven three two. If any of the subject matter in today's podcast upset you, please consider calling Lifeline on one three one one. One four, or beyond blue on one three hundred double two four six three six. Thank you for deciding to listen to our Staying Connected podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at podcast at advocacyforinclusion.org. This address and the phone number that I mentioned can be found in the show notes.